Chapter twenty eight of the Memoirs of Chateaubriand, seventeen sixty eight to eighteen hundred, part two. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Nicole Lee, Memoirs of Chateaubriand, seventeen sixty eight to eighteen hundred, part two, by Francois Rene de Chateaubriand. Chapter twenty eight. London from April till September, eighteen twenty two. Twelve days in a hut. Change of manners among the Indians birth and death montagne song of the snake singing of a little indian girl the original of mila i remained for twelve days under the care of my doctors the indians of niagara and while there saw some other tribes on their way down from detroit and the districts to the south and east of lake erie i made inquiries respecting their customs and by means of small presents obtained representations and details of their ancient manners now no longer in existence yet at the commencement of the war of american independence the indians still ate the prisoners or rather those who were killed an english captain taking soup from an indian pot with a large spoon drew up a hand the events of birth and death among the indians have retained more of their ancient associations and customs than any other because these events are not changed by outward influences like the life which lies between them they are not matters of fashion passing with its breath the oldest name beneath an indian roof is still conferred on an infant as an honour that of its grandmother for example for names always descend in the maternal line from that moment the child occupies the place of the woman whose name has been given to it and in speaking to it it is addressed by the degree of parentage revived by its name thus an uncle may salute his nephew by the title of grandmother this custom ridiculous in appearance is nevertheless touching it brings those who are gone to life again it reproduces the weakness of age in that of infancy it connects the extremes of life the beginning and the end of a family it communicates a kind of immortality to the ancestors and supposes them present amidst their posterity as regards the dead it is easy to find motives for the attachment of the savage to sacred remains civilized nations have the ever-living spirit of literature and art to preserve the recollections of their country they have cities palaces towers columns and obelisks they have the trace of the plough in the fields already cultivated names are carved in brass and marble actions immortalized in chronicles the nations of these solitudes have nothing of all this their names are not inscribed on the trees their huts built in a few hours disappear in a few moments their labour but grazes the earth and does not even make a furrow their traditional songs perish with the last memory which retains them with the last voice that repeats them the tribes of the new world have then but one monument the tomb take from the savage the bones of his fathers and you take his history his laws and his gods you take from the race in future generations the proofs of their existence as of their non-existence i wish to hear my host sing a pretty little indian girl named mila of about fourteen years old the indian women are only pretty when very young sang very pleasingly was this not the couplet cited by montaigne stay snake stay snake and let my sister take the pattern of thy colours to work a rich cord that i may give to my love and thy beauty and disposition shall always be preferred to that of all other snakes End of chapter twenty eight